0: Come all. Come with your missing pieces and your extra screws. Come with your hard edges and your soft spots. Come with bowed heads or upright spines. Come all you flamboyant and drab, verbose and quiet, fidgeting and lethargic. or you with large vision and tender hearts. All you with small courage and tender fears. Bring your lisp and your stutter and your song. Bring your growly voice and your drawl and your lilt. Bring your anger and your joy and your righteous indignation. Misfits and conformists and everyone in between, come into this space and Be welcome, bring who you are, bring where you've travelled, bring what you long for. And let us worship together. Words from Ian Riddell to welcome us this day to Essex Church, where Kensington Unitarians gather each Sunday, as well as other days and other times. Ours is an open community, open to all people of goodwill who enter these doors open to all people, whoever we are, however we feel this morning, whomsoever we choose to love, and whatever we believe about this crazy, wonderful, scary thing called life. You're all welcome. And imagine that the flame is being lit, because I failed to find a lighter. (laughs) (laughs) And when we do light that flame, do you know what it's gonna do? It's going to connect us. It's going to connect us with one another. It's going to connect us with Unitarian communities around the world. It's going to remind us, and here comes the lighter. Thank you, Jane. That flame is reminding us that all people are one people. And that we who have something must always remember to share it, share what we have with those who have little or nothing. So may this one small flame remind us that we cannot ever live just for ourselves alone because our lives are always connected to the lives of others. Welcome, welcome everybody. Oh, we've got a question, a question now, what is what is the best way to give? I, um, I like a religious leader who challenges the way things are, don't you? Um, Pope Francis really got me thinking at the start of the, of the year when he was reported as saying that we should all be giving money to people begging on the street. And if we hesitate because of concerns as to what the money might be spent on, alcohol or drugs perhaps, then, he said, we should look into our own hearts and see what secret guilty pleasures we buy for ourselves. The Pope was challenging the part of each of us that judges the life of another. These brains of ours, they're judging machines, aren't they? It's hard to stop ourselves. But he was also challenging our um, ability to cut off from other human beings because their existence makes us uncomfortable. He asked us to meet the eyes of those who are asking for help and to recognise them as fellow human beings. His words made me think about my own attitudes, not just to people begging in the streets, but to giving to others more generally. How do we choose to be charitable? What is the best way to give to others? And you'll be pleased to hear that people have been worrying about this for quite a long time. And I consulted my mom, my Monadie, I love his name. My mom <laughs> My He's on this My Monadies. My monadies, thank you. <laughs> They're on this hymn sheet. My monadies. It's getting worse. 12th century, Jewish philosopher. I would have loved to have met him. And he created this very famous um, ladder of giving. It's got eight rungs, and I've mixed them up, and I now can't fully remember which order they go in. But they're on here, and why don't we just... Why don't we all read it together, maybe, and then just, I would say, just decide what your lowest rung and your highest rung is, and then you can spend the rest of the service putting the others into order. Okay, come on, let's join together. Giving when you know who is the individual benefiting, but the recipient does not know your identity. Giving begrudgingly and making the recipient feel disgraced or embarrassed. Giving when you do not know the individual benefiting, but the recipient knows your identity. Giving cheerfully and adequately, but only after being asked. Giving money, equipment, a loan, your time, or whatever else it takes to enable an individual to be self-reliant giving when neither the donor nor the recipient is aware of the other's identity giving cheerfully but giving little less than you could giving before being asked i meant to print out the whole ladder so we could check it later we'll find a copy for you you will not leave this place not knowing <laughs> quite how that chap beginning with an m but, Charitable giving in order. And with all these um, thoughts about giving, about compassion in our hearts now, let's enter a time of prayer and reflection. As I call on the spirit of life and love to be with us now and to bless all that we say and do together this day. May the spirit of compassion help us to feel the suffering of the peoples and the creatures of our world. May the spirit of love melt cold hearts that trample on human rights. May the spirit of beauty help us to preserve the unique splendors of each country. May the spirit of wisdom help us to treasure mystical insights of all religions. May the spirit of patience and endurance strengthen those who are oppressed and exiled from their homes. May the spirit of courage strengthen those who speak for those who have no voice. May the spirit of non-violence bring healing, peace and justice to all the peoples of the world. May the spirit of unity Help us to recognise people of every nation as one human community. And help us to celebrate our oneness with all creation. And in the spirit of justice, I invite you now to send your thoughts and your prayers where you feel there is need. Be that places within yourself, or in those you love, or in our wider world. And may we find the resources we need to turn our care and concern into practical action, whenever that is possible. And may the blessing of love and compassion be with all beings this day. Amen. It's another question, isn't it? What would Jesus do in any particular circumstance in life? So we've got some uh, gospel readings for you here because it's not just Pope Francis who shakes up our thinking about how to behave towards other people less well-off than ourselves. Jesus wasn't popular with the rich and the powerful of his age. His message was paradoxical and subversive. There was no Jesus, gentle Jesus, meek and mild, about his attitude to worldly goods. So we've chosen some gospel verses that you might have heard of before.
1: And again I say unto you, it is easier for a camel to go through the eye of a needle than for a rich man to enter into the kingdom of God.
0: Jesus, looking at the young rich man, loved him and said, You lack one thing. Go, sell what you own and give the money to the poor and you will have treasure in heaven. Then come follow me. When the young man heard this, he was shocked and went away grieving for he had many possessions.
1: I was hungry and you gave me food. I was thirsty and you gave me something to drink, sorry. I was a stranger, and you welcomed me. I was naked, and you gave me clothing. I was sick, and you took care of me. I was in prison, and you visited me.
0: Jesus sat down opposite the temple treasury and watched the crowd putting money into the collection. Many rich people put in large sums. A poor widow came and put in two small copper coins, which are worth a penny. Then Jesus called his disciples and said to them, truly, I tell you, this poor widow has put in more than all the others who were contributing to the treasury. For all of them have contributed out of their abundance, but she out of her poverty has put in everything she had, all she had to live on.
1: Jesus said to the one who had invited him, when you give a luncheon or a dinner, Do not invite your friends or your brothers or your relatives or rich neighbors in case they may invite you in return and you would be repaid. But when you give a banquet, invite the poor, the maimed, the lame and the blind, and you will be blessed because they cannot repay you.
0: Then the Lord said to him, Now you hypocrites, clean the outside of the cup and of the dish, but inside you are full of greed and wickedness, you fools. Did not the one who made the outside make the inside also? So give those things that are within, and see, everything will be clean for you. But woe to you who give ostentatiously and neglect justice and the love of God.
1: Then Jesus told them a parable. The land of a rich man produced abundantly. And he thought to himself, what should I do, for I have no place to store my crops? Then he said, I will do this. I will pull down my barns and build larger ones, and there I will store all my grain and my goods. And I will say to my soul, soul, you have ample goods laid up for many years, relax, eat. Drink, be merry. But God said to him, "You fool! This very night your life is being demanded of you, and the things you have prepared, whose will they be?" So it is with those who store up treasures for themselves, but are not rich toward God. Thank you, Father. Thank you. Um,
0: doing, doing any kind of confessional from the pulpit is generally not advised in ministry training. And in fact, I could entertain you for some time with terrible things that ministers have confessed to while standing, not just here, but in other pulpits around the world. But just for today, just for today, let me ask you if any of you have done some of the things what I have done. If I see bouncy looking young people in the street who are clearly going to collar me and ask me to give money to a charity, well I have been known to cross the road in order to avoid them. I have pretended not to be myself on the phone when I've realised that it's another charity worker ringing me up asking for a donation and I don't know why, but pretending not to be myself seems to be easier than saying no. (laughs) I will be entering therapy shortly to (laughs) discover why that is. And worst of all, and I think some of you have even been here when I've done this, and that's somewhat worse, isn't it? I have been witnessed. I have even pretended at this very church door not to be me. When some troubled person smelling of alcohol has asked to see the minister because they've got a bit of a problem and they need to talk it over, and also could we help with some money? And there are some days where it's just better to say, sorry, he's not here, <laughs> and walk away. It's a terrible thought that this is being recorded, this service, <laughs> oh, and that that confession will exist forevermore on the internet. Charity is not a word that I like very much, do you? I wonder what connotations it has for you. I feel uncomfortable about its implications. It makes me think of Dickensian workhouses, or of well-meaning perhaps, but nonetheless demeaning, do-gooding. It reminds me of charity shops stuffed full with the excesses of 21st-century Western lifestyles. We, we sang that chant at the start of today's service, Ubi Caritas et en Amor, Ubi Caritas Deus Ibi Es, which simply translated comes out as, where there is charity and love, there is God. But Caritas, is one of those words. It it needs more words to translate it. It encompasses love and benevolence towards one's fellow human beings. In Pope Francis's view, charity requires us to look another human being in the eye and recognise our shared humanity. And that is sometimes easier than other times, isn't it? On the front of today's order of service is a quotation from the previous chief rabbi here in Britain, Jonathan Sachs. He writes, Sadaka refers to distributive justice. It is difficult to translate Sadaka because it combines in a single word two notions normally opposed to one another, namely charity and justice. It's a hugely important concept in, in Judaism. And it's got no direct translation from Hebrew into English because it's combining these two words. In English, the words charity and justice often seem to be pulling apart from one another. In Hebrew, they are bonded together. And the reason for this? It's the Judaic idea that although we may possess material items in this lifetime, we do not ultimately own them. We hold everything in trust as a temporary holding because everything is given to us by and is owned by God. Sachs describes tzedakah as a word with the power to change the world a word that points clearly in the direction of righteousness and right living. I'm, uh, I really am no economist, which doesn't stop me having my opinions about these matters. I'm really grateful that we seem to have more and more economists today who are writing in a way that actually all of us can understand. Um, two I want to recommend to you today, one is uh, Michael Sandel, um, You might know that he delivered the Reith lectures in 2009 on a new way of citizenship, and you can access those online. Uh, In those lectures, he explored the possibilities of a new way of being a citizen. And one of his key messages um, is the importance of having morality be something other than financial. In a world where it seems sometimes that money is everything, he says, let's remember that there still are and there still must be things that money cannot buy. When we start to get money confused with morality, things get messy. It's also worth reading the work of French economist Thomas Piketty, I don't know how to pronounce his name, Piketty, (laughs) who he argues strongly for the need to tax those who are well off in order to support those who are financially struggling. These economists, and there are more, are reminding us that just like Jesus and Pope Francis that we should not carelessly accept the status quo We should not accept that market forces be allowed to rule our world, rather we should stay aware and awake and use whatever we have, even if it is only two pennies, to try and right what we actually know is wrong. Amen. So this is our calling to be aware of the injustices of our world and to do what we can, be it small or large, to reinstate justice, to right wrongs, to awaken morality when our economic systems would have us sleep. And so, may we be more thoughtful, more appreciative, of that which we have and ever more generous to those we meet along the way. Amen. Go well, blessed be.